0: this is a podcast by wellhouse church where personal spiritual growth is fueled through a variety of practices rather than a single prescriptive time of devotion where we discuss different spiritual practices that help us be more present with god others and ourselves what's going on practitioners what
1: up how's everybody doing
0: uh, so I'm excited to talk about this episode.
1: <clears throat> yeah. Cause this will be new for you too.
0: Yeah. Um, how do you actually implement all the things we previously talked about?
1: Yeah. So, so I guess that's true that for this, we've really talked about the ways these things show up in your life and we haven't actually told you how to write a rule of life. This episode is going to be the final episode in this series about rule of life, and it's going to be, hey, how do you do this? How do you write a rule of life? The first things first, we talked about it in the very first episode. Do not be dogmatic with this. Yeah, That is priority number one, because if you become dogmatic with it and you continue to fail, quote unquote then you're not going to want to keep trying to do it. So don't become dogmatic. This is a work in progress. And what you're doing in writing the rule of life is you're writing it to your current state and you want to progress. Mm-hmm. And so you don't what you don't do is you don't go from having no rule of life and not reading your Bible ever except taking it to church of which you have read. To saying I'm going to read my Bible five days a week. Yeah. If you do that, you're going to fail because the odds of you succeeding, going from cold turkey to the extreme, are not good. Yeah. Grow into it. It's a rule of life, and it's adaptable because it's something that we're constantly growing into. So that's number one: is do not be dogmatic with it. Yeah. Number two consistently revise it Mm. because there are inevitable, especially when you're first writing it, there are going to be things that work and there are going to be things that don't work. The things that work, you need to revise to push yourself slightly to get better in certain areas and the things that don't work, you need to slightly digress so that it's achievable enough that you actually pursue trying and attempting to do it.
0: Yeah. It, it's like when we were talking about building a self-care plan on Let's Talk. You start with the basics. Um, and yeah. you work from there, right? Is that mm-hmm. kind of true? Like you start at a very basic level with the things that you know you need to work on and or things that you need to add to your routine or whatever Um, and build from there revise and change and honestly maybe even update it you know every once in a while like this is no longer life giving to me so
1: when I do my quarterly reviews I always look at my rule of life when I do my quarterly review of like my goal planning and breakdowns for the years and the quarter and every time I sit down to a quarterly review of my life I review my rule of life hmm. and I I have a pretty expansive rule of life because I and this is what I would say is There's no one-size-fits-all in the way that you write your rule of life. Yeah. I remember you saying at one point that we should make a Google Doc for a template for how to write it, and I didn't want to do that because some people like lists, some people like blocks, scheduling-type systems, other people like charts. Um, Some people like paragraphs, like... For This category, here's my paragraph. This category, here's my paragraph. Bullet points are another thing. I just think however you best analyze data is the way that you need to write your rule of life because mm. you're going to go to it often. And so if you're a spreadsheet person, build it in a spreadsheet. If you're a writer, write it in a story. Um, if you're like me, you're a scheduler, block it out. Like whatever you feel you got to do that is best for how you analyze data, do it that way. Cause you're going to be referring to this a lot because what I like to do is I like to have a daily rhythm, a weekly rhythm, a bi-monthly rhythm, a monthly rhythm, and a quarterly rhythm for each category of your rule of life. So, for an example of the daily rhythm. Every day, I want to pray. At some kind of way, I want to pray every single day. A weekly rhythm. I want to, four days a week, pray at least two of the prayer sessions in praying the hours. That's my personal rule of life, is... Four out of seven days where those four days, I get at least two of them in. My bi-monthly one is I want to um, go on a prayer walk, a dedicated prayer walk on a route I've never been before, once or twice a month. Monthly, this is all just for prayer. Monthly, I want to spend an evening in prayer just by myself, nothing else. Just an evening of one hour uninterrupted prayer time. Here recently, most of the time that turns into a lament. Just that when I've got that much time where I'm being spontaneous in prayer, it ends up in some form of lament. And that's okay it's not it's not dictating out your life it's giving you a structure through which you pursue experiencing God. So that's my monthly and then my quarterly which I don't do one for prayer for quarterly once a year I want to take a prayer retreat. Mm. If I lived somewhere near the forested mountains of North Carolina, I would make my quarterly
0: prayer retreat,
1: a, a like a day silent prayer hike, something like that. But we don't live near forested mountains or mountains at all. So I'm not currently doing that. But so that's the way that I structure mine just for prayer. And now remember, you've got these for each of these categories. Each of the however many umpteen weeks we've been doing this now, you've got to write rules for each of those categories.
0: And it doesn't have to be in the same template that Cullen's is either, nope. where it's weekly you, or daily yep. weekly. If you,
1: week, yeah, monthly. if you want to do weekly and monthly and that's it, that's fine. I started doing the quarterly and annually thing when i was married because quarterly i was trying to do small trips and annually i was trying to do family vacations and all these kinds of, so it made it made it easier for me to break it out into these much larger categories as well than just the nitty-gritty cuz i'm a planner yeah so you don't have to do that if there's another system you want to do what i would tell you to do is make sure that for every one of them you have at least a daily because if you fail today. You can try again tomorrow Yeah, um, and make it something achievable. And so like for, like I just said, even for myself for scripture reading, I don't even tell myself you have to read the Bible seven days a week. My goal for my rule of life is that I read the Bible five days a week not for work. Mm-hmm. That's the that's the difference. It's like for us it's a little different and I've I've charged Clayton to this as well that that what you do for work doesn't count for your own spiritual formation.
0: Yeah, which I got to be honest, it's really hard.
1: Um that's what leads to burnout, man. No,
0: you're right. You're right. And most of you guys Probably don't have to deal with that um,
1: It is a very rare problem that to is to clergy yeah um, and,
0: and it, for me it's really hard because like I will be I'll be reading a book like for my own formation and I'm like, oh that's a really good quote that will be a great social post you know and yep. that informs work. Yep. Right, but it's also good for me, and so like it's really weird in finding that balance yeah um I remember I was reading Making all things New by Henry nowen, and uh there was a quote in there about relationships mm. and uh i I loved it. I immediately grabbed my highlighter and just and then just scribbled in the margins, bro. I went off. And I was like, wait. It's a good social post. Put down the book, and I designed the graphic and everything. And I was like, afterwards, I was like, dude,
1: come on, man. Yeah. Come on. That's that's the road to burnout, dude. Yeah. Just be careful. So... Even for myself, I don't tell myself I got to read the Bible seven days a week. Yeah. Um, I probably do, but not devotionally. Um, honestly, I probably don't get all five of my days of devotional reading every week, but maybe 50% of the time. Yeah and that's why I haven't changed it is because I'm getting I'm doing it enough that it's stretching me but it's not so much that I feel like I'm constantly failing cuz about half the time I'm being successful at it and so I think for and that's for me each of you are going to have to learn your own self this way but for me if I can do it half the time I feel like it's stretching me enough that I don't need to move it, but I'm finding enough success that I still have the drive to keep growing to get better. Yeah, So that's my number, and that's how I evaluate it. I evaluate things based off percentages, but maybe you don't evaluate it that way. Maybe you're a feeler, and you're like, well, this just doesn't feel like it's bringing life to me. Okay, cool. Write it some other way. Um, and the other thing I will say is that a lot of these rules are going to end up feeling like you're writing them around the time that you have available. And so your rules are going to be written to create time or get rid of time. All I would say to you is try to think outside of the time box. Because if there's one thing I've learned, I always feel short on time. So what if there's a way to write some of these rules where they're outside of a framework of time? For instance, I used to write my rule of life that I was going to go to the golf course three times a week and I was going to walk at least nine holes one day a week. Okay. All of that is written in a time structure. I found myself always failing at it because it's really hard to, I mean, just you've got weather delays and all kinds of stuff that happen when you're trying to do golf or something like that. And this was for my play category. I've now written my rule of life that twice a week I will do something golf related one of which must be in the sunlight. Mm. So lots of times that means I don't make it to the driving range and I go chip in my backyard. Lots of times that means and I've now, I need to revise my rule of life for the play section because I've turned it, I've started a new nighttime routine, which I would also tell you, I think it's a different category of a rule of life that we didn't talk about, but I think morning routines and nighttime routines are very important. And so my new nighttime routine, or a part of my new nighttime routine, is I have a perfect practice putting mat and I don't go to bed until I've made 110 putts. (coughs) So that's what I mean. Like when I say, try to write these things outside of time constructs. So for instance, in um, some people's play category, they want to, or in the friends category, they'll write, I'm going to have dinner at a friend's house once a month. Okay, well, once again, you've written that into a time category, right? And and one that requires your undivided attention, of which inevitably when your schedule gets busy and things happen and you get married and you have kids and you're going and going and you're working and working, that's the thing that's going to lose it because you're not going to get any more time back. All you're going to do is keep filling up your time. So what I like to say is that once a week, I'm going to talk to a friend on the phone. Now, notice I, what I didn't say
0: is how long you'll talk to him.
1: If I say I'm going to go to dinner, I know that dinner is going to take me a couple of hours, not including commute time. Right. I'm going to talk to a friend at least once a week on the phone. Okay. I didn't say how long and that's okay. Yeah. Because that's achievable for me and that's achievable for them. That's the next thing I would say about writing a rule of life is as you start writing your rule of life, don't write it alone. If you have important people in your life, write it with their input. Because if you say, okay, sex and sexuality is a category that Ken gives for writing the rule of life. I think it's very valuable. If you say, okay, I think it's healthy for me to write in my rule of life, some sexual activity, three days, three days a week. Great. You have a partner that you need to make sure is on the same page with you about that. Yeah. In the same way, if you start saying, Hey, once a quarter, I want to have a date night and once every six months, I want to go on a way on a weekend together. And once every year I want to go away for a week. Okay. Well you have a spouse that you need to verify. Like y'all need to be on the same page with that. Um, If you say, Hey, I'm going to take my kids. Each of my kids get half a day with me by themselves every month. Great. Love that. That's in my own rule of life you need to make sure that your spouse and your kids are on the same page with you with that. There are other people, because your rule of life, what it's really doing is it is taking back control over your time and the things that you ascribe value to. And so you need to make sure that the people closest to you in your life are on the same page with you as you write these. Because they're going to affect them.
0: Along all those same lines, uh, you talking you talking through that gave me a couple ideas for my own rule of life. One, I was driving to my placement this morning, and I was listening to music, and I was like, "Man, I love music. I miss playing music." And so that I think is something that I need to write into my my play category. Um, so if I said. That I play at least one song a day on guitar. Is that uh, a frame that you think is a, like what meaning what you're talking about?
1: Yeah, it's fine. You're not gonna be able to write all of these without a time construct. Right. It's just impossible. How many days a week are you playing guitar right now do you think? Maybe once a week. So don't go every day I'm going to play one song. Do do 4 like, days, a week, days a week. 3 days a week. 3 days a week, yeah. Another one. Hey, before you go on, there is one thing that I want to say on that note. I am con- I am personally convinced that you can no longer put it in the play category when you start receiving money for it.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. For Even sure.
1: if you get tips, if you get free drinks, if if you start receiving money for it, it becomes work. You can't any longer put it in the play category.
0: Yeah, no, that's fine. I don't plan on playing any shows anytime soon.
1: I just don't no, no, to- no. I yeah, just yeah. Uh, that just a great example because a lot mm. of people like I know this happens to me quite often. One of my things that goes in my play category is barbecue. Mm. I love to make barbecue. Quite often when I make barbecue for people, I'll get the question, wow, this is really good. Have you ever thought of opening a barbecue restaurant? And I've just trained myself and conditioned myself to say now, no, I find that I love things less when I get paid for them. Yeah. I think that's true. Yeah. I, I think professional athletes, professional musicians. I think I think people would tell you that is true. Yeah. So don't call it play if you get a paycheck for it.
0: I think that that's very valid. And another thing, and I need to work with him on this. I already know he's okay with it, but need to consider it. Um, I think I need to write in my own real life that I take at least one night a week to go smoke a pipe with Dad.
1: I think that's a good one.
0: And you think that that's that's fitting the same kind of template, category type deal, right? Yep. Under like relationships and...
1: Yep, I think so. And, And like I said, be fluid with it. Don't be dogmatic. Write it, try it. Your daily one's trying for a week. Your weekly one's trying for a month. Your monthly one's trying for a quarter. Your quarterly's trying for two quarters. You know, your annual's trying... And constantly be in review. What's working and what doesn't work. Yeah.
0: And Excuse me. Do you think it might be possible to write a few different things under each category and say, I'm going to pick one of these things?
1: Oh, give yourself a menu? Yeah. Um. Give me an example of what you're thinking. So,
0: like... Under the category of, like, experiencing God. Okay. Um, What if you pick a handful of different prayer practices to use daily? And you say, like, maybe today I will pray the hours. Or maybe one day, or maybe I will um, do a breath prayer or some combination of both, or, you know what I mean? Yeah,
1: I do that. I don't frame it that way, but just like my daily one is I want to pray every day. Mm -hmm. That is that. I just don't list my options of prayer. Like, I just kind of know them. It's like, okay, today I'm going to do breath prayer. Uh, Today I'm going to do centering prayer, you know,
0: whatever. A lot of people don't. Yeah, Yeah, so all those things, and if you
1: wanted to pick up Adele's Spiritual Disciplines Handbook and go through and pick up, pick out five or six, we've also done an episode on this podcast of every single prayer practice she's done. Yeah,
0: if you haven't heard those, go listen
1: and pick out three or four of them. You want to write them in there, and so your rule of life says I'm going to pray in one of the following ways every day. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's great. I think giving yourself, and I've said this all the time, or I've said this for a while, it boggles my mind that I've never heard anyone ever say, oh, yeah, you know what? I don't want variety in my life. Yeah. Except in their spiritual formation. It's like, oh, we do the same thing every day. It's like, wait, well, maybe that's not the best way to think about this.
0: And also, like, maybe... And, and I found this to be helpful for me, and I know I'm going to ruffle lots of feathers when I say this. It's fine. Don't get your panties in a wad. Uh, <laughs> sometimes, honestly, I find it more life-giving to me to listen to the Bible Project podcast instead of reading my Bible. Um, I get that. And sometimes it's more beneficial for me to listen to the Bible meditation podcast than reading my Bible. I get that. Because sometimes for me, sitting down and reading my Bible, and I know this is true for lots of Christians,
1: it's draining. Um, I think, so I would say the pastor in me wants to talk about this. Um. I would say I think that's true. Mm-hmm. I think that's very true. All I would say is the my only caution to you in that is that there's a reason they're called spiritual disciplines. Right. No, that's true because they do take a little bit of discipline in doing them. Absolutely. And if you give yourself a hundred percent flexibility. You're never going to do the discipline part of doing the thing you should do, even though it's not the thing you want to do. I totally agree. So start throwing in like, I'm sure this is out there, but just audio listen to the Bible like, or just a psalm. Mm-hmm. Just one psalm. Don't yeah. even do the whole Bible. Don't feel like you have to listen to letters or narratives. Just one psalm a day. Yeah. Listen to it. Or one proverb a day. Um,
0: I will, or maybe even start out something as small as reading the verse of the day.
1: Yeah, that's a good one too. Well, I, I'm less inclined for those just because they can take them out of context. No, I but agree. But The other thing that I would say small. on this is and this this is something that like i this is true to my core like there could not be a truer statement that i believe than the one i'm about to say i firmly believe that the exact same holy spirit working in me and working in Tim and working in, you know, whoever is the very same Holy Spirit at work in you. Mm-hmm. Because of that, like I have such a high pneumatology that I need you, the individual, putting your eyes on God's record of his revelation to the world right. so that the Holy Spirit might speak to you, the individual, through his book. Right. It's great to hear what the Holy Spirit is doing through other people as they read the book. Yeah, It's very different to have your unique contribution because of your unique perspective with your unique relationship with the Holy Spirit.
0: Yeah. No, and and I get that. Um, <clears throat> if I can be honest, and there's someone that's listening to this. Um, who will know whenever I say this. They told me that like reading the Bible makes them sometimes feel stupid. Or talking to other people about when they read the Bible makes them feel stupid.
1: Mm.
0: I kind of get that. I'm sorry. No, no, it's it's not. It, no, no. This isn't a to shot. whoever team. that person oh, yeah. is,
1: I'm sorry that that's your experience. Um,
0: And I, I actually kind of get that.
1: Um, Why? In what
0: way? And this is an insecurity inside of myself, right? That um, all of the people that I'm around, or largely the people that I'm closest to, you, dad um even when we talk with Andrew when we talk with Adam um a lot of the people that I talk to about spiritual things um are much more knowledgeable than me and I will be like well this is my perspective and well what about this what about this what about this and I'm like these are things I didn't even know were questions yeah <laughs> you know like yeah. um and I guess the reason I bring that up is because I wonder how many other listeners feel the same way um and maybe that's why reading their Bible is so hard and writing that into their rule of life maybe needs some structure but a little bit more flexibility um and maybe even in ways like of doing devotionals um that I have found is really helpful for me um like um, N.T. writes Bible for everyone. Um, Love it. Um, Everything that man writes is gold. I'm convinced. Um, And so in in reading Tom. You just
1: feel that way because you pay gold for everything that man's ever wrote.
0: (laughs) Uh, I didn't actually pay for my set of Bible for everyone. Um, It was a gift. Um, But... Um, I read Tom or I read the, the, I read the, the scripture excerpt and I do my own kind of thought process about it. And then I read Tom's thoughts and see how they align, see how they're different. I don't feel stupid. I'm like, oh, that's a good thought. Or, hey, maybe I need to question this in my own thought process. You know what I mean?
1: That's what I would say is... Um, the only way to get more knowledge is to study. Yeah, exactly. And so, whether you feel stupid reading the Bible or not, the only way to not do that is to read the Bible. I I, <laughs> I know that sounds terrible. <laughs> it sounds circular, it, right? It, like it, it does. And and I get it. like I've been sitting here battling within myself how I was going to say that because I get it, but. At the same point, like, you're never going to know the Bible if you don't if read you the don't Bible. If you don't
0: read it. Yeah, yeah. You have to read it. Yeah. And and so I force myself to to read the Bible. Yeah. Right? And um, to study and to, to do the things, um, even though sometimes it does make me feel stupid, especially whenever I present things to other people, like, what do you think about this? And they're like, well... Maybe not. <laughs> and I'm like, the hell did I do all this work for then? You know what I mean? And like yeah. I genuinely feel that way. Like and and I know that there's other people out there that, that have that same kind of thought process. Um and it is discouraging. Um and I get that. Almost kinda makes you not want to read.
1: I get that. Well, kinda. I never really got to the point where I didn't want to read, but I mean think I about I mean it. our
0: mom has that has had that exact same experience.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean for me it just it never played out that way because I mean just think about it. Even to this day, some of my best friends are PhDs. Yeah. It's just like I, I'm I'm never the smartest person in the room. I'm just convinced. Yeah. But that's the way I like it. Right. Because that's constantly people challenging me to think different. That's constantly it, it's people critical thinking. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's is, growth.
0: Yeah. Which is a good thing to have. Yeah. Right. And I actually think that it's something that you need to have. Um, it's just, it, it's a delicate balance. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and I'll, I will even be honest. I have a friend of mine. He doesn't listen to this, but, um, he has thoughts about God and scripture and he will quote scripture to me and tell me his thoughts on God. And I'm like, cool, bro. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? Yep. Um, I've got friends like that. I'm like, cool, bro. Um, and sometimes I will comment and sometimes I won't. It depends on how far outside of it depends on whether or not he's outside the creeds. uh, Whether I comment honestly, Um, which has happened, Um, and finding that delicate balance of not disagreeing with him and making him feel stupid and explaining why I disagree, um, is tough. You know what I mean, um because I know that that has been my experience, and why I guess, and even though I didn't have the framework for this, writing reading scripture into my rule of life as I now know it has been so hard.
1: It's probably true, but none of these things are easy, oh yeah, no, that's true. I mean, it's not easy to. Ask yourself, how does the way I spend my money affect my spiritual health? It's not easy to ask yourself, um, how is my sexuality revealing of the state of my spiritual health? None of these things are easy, and that's why it's called a rule. That's why they're called spiritual disciplines, because we are all on a path of pursuing divine likeness Mm. and these are the categories of which we need to do it they're also the ones that just naturally we don't give the most value to Mm. so none of these are easy and that's why you can't be dogmatic it must be flexible and you must enter your rule of life from a place where you can give yourself grace